Letter two of Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Clarissa Harlowe, Volume three, by Samuel Richardson. Letter two. Miss Clarissa Harlowe to Miss Howe, Tuesday night. I think myself obliged to thank you, my dear Miss Howe, for your condescension in taking notice of a creature who has occasioned you so much scandal. I am grieved on this account as much, I verily think, as for the evil itself. Tell me, but yet I am afraid to know, what your mother said. I long, and yet I dread to be told what the young ladies, my companions, now never more perhaps to be so, say of me. They cannot, however, say worse of me than I will of myself. Self-accusation shall flow in every line of my narrative where I think I am justly censurable. If anything can arise from the account I am going to give you, for extenuation of my fault, for that is all a person can hope for who cannot excuse herself, I know I may expect it from your friendship, though not from the charity of any other, since by this time I doubt not every mouth is opened against me, and all that know Clarissa Harlowe condemn the fugitive daughter." After I had deposited my letter to you, written down to the last hour, as I may say, I returned to the ivy summer-house, first taking back my letter from the loose bricks, and there I endeavoured, as coolly as my situation would permit, to recollect and lay together several incidents that had passed between my aunt and me, and, comparing them with some of the contents of my cousin dolly's letter i began to hope that i needed not to be so very apprehensive as i have been of next wednesday and thus i argued with myself wednesday cannot possibly be the day they intend although to intimidate me they may wish me to think it is for the settlements are unsigned nor have they been offered me to sign. I can choose whether I will or will not put my hand to them. Hard as it will be to refuse, if my father tender them to me. Besides, did not my father and mother propose, if I made compulsion necessary, to go to my uncles themselves in order to be out of the way of my appeals? whereas they intend to be present on wednesday and however affecting to me the thought of meeting them and all my friends in full assembly is perhaps it is the very thing i ought to wish for since my brother and sister had such an opinion of my interest in them that they got me excluded from their presence as a measure which they thought previously necessary to carry on their designs. Nor have I reason to doubt, but that, as I had before argued with myself, 
i shall be able to bring over some of my relations to my party and being brought face to face with my brother that i shall expose his malevolence and of consequence weaken his power then supposing the very worst challenging the minister as i shall challenge him he will not presume to proceed nor surely will mr solmes dare to accept my refusing and struggling hand and finally if nothing else will do nor procure me delay i can plead scruples of conscience and even pretend prior obligation for my dear i have given mr lovelace room to hope as you will see in one of my letters in your hands that i will be no other man's while he is single and gives me not wilful and premeditated cause of offence against him and this in order to rein in his resentment on the declared animosity of my brother and uncles to him and as i shall appeal or refer my scruples on this head to the good dr lewin it is impossible but that my mother and aunt if nobody else must be affected with this plea revolving cursorily these things i congratulated myself that i had resolved against going away with mr lovelace i told you my dear that i would not spare myself and i enumerate these particulars as so many arguments to condemn the actions i have been so unhappily betrayed into an argument that concludes against me with the greater force as i must acknowledge that i was apprehensive that what my cousin dolly mentions as from betty and from my sister who told her that she should tell me in order to make me desperate and perhaps to push me upon some such step as i have been driven to take as the most effectual means to ruin me with my father and uncles god forgive me if i judge too harshly of their views but if i do not it follows that they laid a wicked snare for me and that i have been caught in it and now they triumph if they can triumph in the ruin of a sister who never wished or intended to hurt them as the above kind of reasoning had lessened my apprehensions as to the wednesday it added to those i had of meeting mr lovelace now as it seemed not only the nearest but the heaviest evil principally indeed because nearest for little did i dream foolish creature that i was and every way beset of the event proving what it has proved i expected a contention with him tis true as he had not my letter but i thought it would be very strange as i mentioned in one of my former if i who had so steadily held out against characters so venerable against authorities so sacred as i may say when i thought them unreasonably exerted should not find myself more equal to such a trial as this especially as i had so much reason to be displeased with him 
for not having taken away my letter on what a point of time may one's worldly happiness depend had i but two hours more to consider of the matter and to attend to and improve upon these new lights as i may call them but even then perhaps i might have given him a meeting fool that i was what had i to do to give him hope that i would personally acquaint him with the reason for my change of mind if i did change it oh my dear an obliging temper is a very dangerous temper by endeavouring to gratify others it is evermore disobliging itself when the bell rang to call the servants to dinner betty came to me and asked if i had any commands before she went to hers repeating her hint that she should be employed adding that she believed it was expected that i should not come up till she came down or till i saw my aunt or miss harvey i asked her some questions about the cascade which had been out of order and lately mended and expressed a curiosity to see how it played in order to induce her how cunning to cheat myself as it proved to go thither if she found me not where she left me it being a part of the garden most distant from the ivy summer-house she could hardly have got into the house when i heard the first signal oh how my heart fluttered but no time was to be lost i stepped to the garden door and seeing a clear coast unbolted the already unlocked door and there was he all impatience waiting for me a panic next to fainting seized me when i saw him my heart seemed convulsed and i trembled so that i should hardly have kept my feet had he not supported me fear nothing dearest creature said he let us hasten away the chariot is at hand and by this sweet condescension you have obliged me beyond expression or return recovering my spirits a little as he kept drawing me after him oh mr lovelace said i i cannot go with you indeed i cannot i wrote you word so let go my hand and you shall see my letter it is lain there from yesterday morning till within this half hour i bid you watch to the last for a letter from me lest i should be obliged to revoke the appointment and had you followed the direction you would have found it i have been watched my dearest life said he half out of breath i have been watched in every step i took and my trusty servant has been watched too ever since saturday and dared not to come near your wall and here we shall be discovered in a moment speed away my charmer this is the moment of your deliverance if you neglect this opportunity you can never have such another what is it you mean sir let go my hand for i tell you struggling vehemently that i will sooner die than go with you good god said he with a look of wildness and surprise 
what is it i hear but still drawing me after him as he retreated farther from the door it is no time to argue by all that's good you must go surely you cannot doubt my honour nor give me cause to question your own as you value me mr lovelace urge me no farther i come fixed and resolved let me give you the letter i have written my further reasons shall follow and they will convince you that i ought not to go nothing madam can convince me by all that's sacred i will not leave you to leave you now would be to lose you for ever am i to be thus compelled interrupted i with equal indignation and vehemence let go my hands i am resolved not to go with you and i will convince you that i ought not all my friends expect you madam all your own are determined against you wednesday next is the day the important perhaps the fatal day would you stay to be solmes's wife can this be your determination at last no never never will i be that man's but i will not go with you draw me not thus how dare you sir i would not have seen you but to tell you so i had not met you but for fear you would have been guilty of some rashness and once more i will not go what mean you striving with all my force to get from him what can have possessed my angel said he quitting my hands and with a gentler voice that after so much ill usage from your relations vows so solemn on my part an affection so ardent you stab me with a refusal to stand by your own appointment we have no time to talk mr lovelace i will give you my reasons at a better opportunity i cannot go with you now and once more urge me no farther surely i am not to be compelled by everybody i see how it is said he with a dejected but passionate air what a severe fate is mine at length your spirit is subdued your brother and sister have prevailed and i must give up all my hopes to a wretch so truly despicable once more i tell you interrupted i i never will be his all may end on wednesday differently from what you expect and it may not and then good heavens it is to be their last effort as i have reason to believe and i have reason to believe so too since if you stay you will inevitably be solmes's wife not so interrupted i i have obliged them in one point they will be in good humour with me i shall gain time at least i am sure i shall i have several ways to gain time and what madam will gaining time do it is plain you have not a hope beyond that it is plain you have not by putting all upon that precarious issue oh my dearest dearest life let me beseech you not to run a risk of this consequence 
i can convince you that it will be more than a risk if you go back that you will on wednesday next be solmes's wife prevent therefore now that it is in your power to prevent the fatal mischief that will follow such a dreadful certainty while i have any room for hope it concerns your honour mr lovelace as well as mine if you have the value for me you pretend and wish me to believe you that my conduct in this great point should justify my prudence your prudence madam when has that been questionable yet what stead has either your prudence or your duty stood you in with people so strangely determined and then he pathetically enumerated the different instances of the harsh treatment i had met with imputing all to the malice and caprice of a brother who had set everybody against him and insisting that i had no other way to bring about a reconciliation with my father and uncles than by putting myself out of the power of my brother's inveterate malice your brother's whole reliance proceeded he has been upon your easiness to bear his insults your whole family will seek to you when you have freed yourself from this disgraceful oppression when they know you are with those who can and will right you they will give up to you your own estate why then putting his arms around me and again drawing me with a gentle force after him do you hesitate a moment now is the time fly with me then i beseech you my dearest creature trust your persecuted adorer have we not suffered in the same cause if any imputations are cast upon you give me the honour as i shall be found to deserve it to call you mine and when you are so shall i not be able to protect both your person and character urge me no more mr lovelace i conjure you you yourself have given me a hint which i shall speak plainer to than prudence perhaps on any other occasion would allow i am convinced that wednesday next if i had time i would give you my reasons is not intended to be the day we had both so much dreaded and if after that day shall be over i find my friends determined in mr solmes's favour i will then contrive some way to meet you with miss howe who is not your enemy and when the solemnity has passed i shall think that step a duty which till then will be criminal to take since now my father's authority is unimpeached by any greater dearest madam nay mr lovelace if you now dispute if after this more favourable declaration than i had the thought of making you are not satisfied i shall know what to think both of your gratitude and generosity the case madam admits not of this alternative i am all gratitude upon it i cannot express how much i should be delighted with the charming hope you have given me 
were you not next wednesday if you stay to be another man's think dearest creature what an heightening of my anguish the distant hope you bid me look up to is taken in this light depend depend upon it i will die sooner than be mr solmes's if you would have me rely upon your honour why should you doubt of mine i doubt not your honour madam your power is all i doubt you never never can have such another opportunity dearest creature permit me and he was again drawing me after him whither sir do you draw me leave me this moment do you seek to keep me till my return shall grow dangerous or impracticable this moment let me go if you would have me think tolerably of you my happiness madam both here and hereafter and the safety of all your implacable family depend upon this moment to providence mr lovelace and to the law will i leave the safety of my friends you shall not threaten me into a rashness that my heart condemns shall i to promote your happiness as you call it depend upon future peace of mind you trifle with me my dear life just as our better prospects begin to open the way is clear just now it is clear but you may be prevented in a moment what is it you doubt may i perish eternally if your will shall not be a law to me in everything all my relations expect you next wednesday dearest creature think of next wednesday and to what is it i urge you but to take a step that sooner than any other will reconcile you to all whom you have most reason to value in your family let me judge for myself sir do not you who blame my friends for endeavouring to compel me yourself seek to compel i won't bear it your earnestness gives me greater apprehensions and greater reluctance let me go back then let me before it is too late go back that it may not be worse for both what mean you by this forcible treatment is it thus that i am to judge of the entire submission to my will which you have so often vowed unhand me this moment or i will cry out for help i will obey you my dearest creature and quitted my hand with a look full of tender despondency that knowing the violence of his temper half concerned me for him yet i was hastening from him when with a solemn air looking upon his sword but catching as it were his hand from it he folded both his arms as if a sudden thought had recovered him from an intended rashness stay one moment but one moment stay o best beloved of my soul your retreat is secure if you will go the key lies at the door but o oh, madam next wednesday and you are mr solmes's fly me not so eagerly hear me but a few words 
when near the garden door i stopped and was the more satisfied as i saw the key there by which i could let myself in again at pleasure but being uneasy lest i should be missed i told him i could stay no longer i had already stayed too long i would write to him all my reasons and depend upon it mr lovelace said i just upon the point of stooping for the key in order to return i will die rather than have that man you know what i have promised if i find myself in danger one word madam however one word more approaching me his arm still folded as if i thought he would not be tempted to mischief remember only that i come at your appointment to redeem you at the hazard of my life from your jailers and persecutors with a resolution god is my witness or may he forever blast me that was his shocking imprecation to be a father uncle brother and as i humbly hoped in your own good time a husband to you all in one but since i find you are so ready to cry out for help against me which must bring down upon me the vengeance of all your family i am contented to run all risks i will not ask you to retreat with me i will attend you into the garden and into the house if i am not intercepted nay be not surprised madam the help you would have called for i will attend you to for i will face them all but not as a revenger if they provoke me not too much you shall see what i can further bear for your sake and let us both see if expostulation and the behaviour of a gentleman to them will not procure me the treatment due to a gentleman from them had he offered to draw his sword upon himself i was prepared to have despised him for supposing me such a poor novice as to be intimidated by an artifice so common but this resolution uttered with so serious an air of accompanying me into my friends made me gasp with terror what mean you mr lovelace said i i beseech you leave me leave me sir i beseech you excuse me madam i beg you to excuse me i have long enough skulked like a thief about these lonely walls long too long have i borne the insults of your brother and other of your relations absence but heightens malice i am desperate i have but this one chance for it for is not the day after to-morrow wednesday i have encouraged virulence by my tameness yet tame i will still be you shall see madam what i will bear for your sake my sword shall be put sheathed into your hands and he offered it to me in the scabbard my heart if you please clapping one hand upon his breast shall afford a sheath for your brother's sword life is nothing if i lose you be pleased madam to show me the way into the garden moving toward the door 
i will attend you though to my fate but too happy be it what it will if i receive it in your presence lead on dear creature putting his sword into his belt you shall see what i can bear for you and he stooped and took up the key and offered it to the lock but dropped it again without opening the door upon my earnest expostulations what can you mean mr lovelace said i would you thus expose yourself would you thus expose me is this your generosity is everybody to take advantage thus of the weakness of my temper and i wept i could not help it he threw himself upon his knees at my feet who can bear said he with an ardor that could not be feigned his own eyes glistening who can bear to behold such sweet emotion o charmer of my heart and respectfully still kneeling he took my hand with both his pressing it to his lips command me with you command me from you in every way i am implicit to obedience but i appeal to all you know of your relations cruelty to you their determined malice against me and as determined favour to the man you tell me you hate and o oh, madam if you did not hate him i should hardly think there would be a merit in your approbation place it where you would i appeal to everything you know to all you have suffered whether you have not reason to be apprehensive of that wednesday which is my terror whether you can possibly have another opportunity the chariot ready my friends with impatience expecting the result of your own appointment a man whose will shall be entirely your will imploring you thus on his knees imploring you to be your own mistress that is all nor will i ask for your favour but as upon full proof i shall appear to deserve it fortune alliance unobjectionable o oh, my beloved creature pressing my hand once more to his lips let not such an opportunity slip you never never will have such another i bid him rise he arose and i told him that were i not thus unaccountably hurried by his impatience i doubted not to convince him that both he and i had looked upon next wednesday with greater apprehension than was necessary i was proceeding to give him my reasons but he broke in upon me had i madam but the shadow of a probability to hope what you hope i would be all obedience and resignation but the license is actually got the parson is provided the pedant brand is the man o oh, my dearest creature do these preparations mean only a trial you know not sir were the worst to be intended and weak as you think me what a spirit i have you know not what i can do and how i can resist when i think myself meanly or unreasonably dealt with 
nor do you know what i have already suffered what i have already borne knowing to whose unbrotherly instigations all is to be ascribed i may expect all things madam interrupted he from the nobleness of your mind but your spirits may fail you what may not be apprehended from the invincible temper of a father so positive to a daughter so dutiful fainting will not save you they will not perhaps be sorry for such an effect of their barbarity what will signify expostulations against a ceremony performed must not all the dreadful all follow that is torture to my heart but to think of nobody to appeal to of what avail will your resistance be against the consequences of a right witnessed to by the imposers of it and those your nearest relations i was sure i said of procuring a delay at least many ways i had to procure a delay nothing could be so fatal to us both as for me now to be found with him my apprehensions on this score i told him grew too strong for my heart i should think very hardly of him if he sought to detain me longer but his acquiescence should engage my gratitude and then stooping to take up the key to let myself into the garden he started and looked as if he had heard somebody near the door on the inside clapping his hand on his sword this frighted me so that i thought i should have sunk down at his feet but he instantly reassured me he thought he said he had heard a rustling against the door but had it been so the noise would have been stronger it was only the effect of his apprehension for me and then taking up the key he presented it to me if you will go madam yet i cannot cannot leave you i must enter the garden with you forgive me but i must enter the garden with you and will you will you thus ungenerously mr lovelace take advantage of my fears of my wishes to prevent mischief i vain fool to be concerned for every one nobody for me dearest creature interrupted he holding my hand as i tremblingly offered to put the key to the lock let me if you will go open the door but once more consider could you possibly obtain that delay which seems to be your only dependence whether you may not be closer confined i know they have already had that in consideration will you not in this case be prevented from corresponding either with miss howe or with me who then shall assist you in your escape if escape you would from your chamber window only permitted to view the garden you must not enter into how will you wish for the opportunity you now have if your hatred to solmes continue but alas that cannot continue if you go back it must be from the impulses of a yielding 
which you'll call a dutiful heart tired and teased out of your own will i have no patience sir to be thus constrained must i never be at liberty to follow my own judgment be the consequence what it may i will not be thus constrained and then freeing my hand i again offered the key to the door down the ready kneeler dropped between me and that and can you can you madam once more on my knees let me ask you look with an indifferent eye upon the evils that may follow provoked as i have been and triumphed over as i shall be if your brother succeeds my own heart shudders at times at the thoughts of what must happen and can yours be unconcerned let me beseech you dearest creature to consider all these things and lose not this only opportunity my intelligence never mr lovelace interrupted i give so much credit to the words of a traitor your base intelligencer is but a servant he may pretend to know more than he has grounds for in order to earn the wages of corruption you know not what contrivances i can find out i was once more offering the key to the lock when starting from his knees with a voice of affrightment loudly whispering and as if out of breath they are at the door my beloved creature and taking the key from me he fluttered with it as if he would double lock it and instantly a voice from within cried out bursting against the door as if to break it open the person repeating his violent pushes are you there come up this moment this moment here they are here they are both together your pistol this moment your gun then another push and another he at the same moment drew his sword and clapping it naked under his arm took both my trembling hands in his and drawing me swiftly after him fly fly my charmer this moment is all you have for it said he your brother your uncles or this solmes they will instantly burst the door fly my dearest life if you would not be more cruelly used than ever if you would not see two or three murders committed at your feet fly fly i beseech you o lord help help cried the fool all in amaze and confusion frightened beyond the power of controlling now behind me now before me now on this side now on that turned i my affrighted face in the same moment expecting a furious brother here armed servants there an enraged sister screaming and a father armed with terror in his countenance more dreadful than even the drawn sword which i saw or those i apprehended i ran as fast as he yet knew not that i ran my fears adding wings to my feet at the same time that they took all power of thinking from me my fears 
which probably would not have suffered me to know what course to take had i not had him to urge and draw me after him especially as i beheld a man who must have come out of the door keeping us in his eye running now towards us then back to the garden beckoning and calling to others whom i supposed he saw although the turning of the wall hindered me from seeing them and whom i imagined to be my brother my father and their servants thus terrified i was got out of sight of the door in a very few minutes and then although quite breathless between running and apprehension he put my arm under his his drawn sword in the other hand and hurried me on still faster my voice however contradicting my action crying no 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 all the while straining my neck to look back as long as the walls of the garden and park were within sight until he brought me to the chariot where attending were two armed servants of his own and two of lord m's on horseback here i must suspend my relation for a while for now i am come to this sad period of it my indiscretion stares me in the face and my shame and my grief give me a compunction that is more poignant methinks than if i had a dagger in my heart to have it to reflect that i should so inconsiderately give in to an interview which had i known either myself or him or in the least considered the circumstances of the case i might have supposed would put me into the power of his resolution and out of that of my own reason for might i not have believed that he who thought he had cause to apprehend that he was on the point of losing a person who had cost him so much pains and trouble would not hinder her if possible from returning that he who knew i had promised to give him up for ever if insisted as a condition of reconciliation would not endeavour to put it out of my power to do so in short that he who had artfully forborne to send for my letter for he could not be watched my dear lest he should find in it a countermand to my appointment as i myself could apprehend although i profited by the apprehension would want a device to keep me with him till the danger of having our meeting discovered might throw me absolutely into his power to avoid my own worse usage and the mischiefs which might have ensued perhaps in my very sight had my friends and he met but if it shall come out that the person within the garden was his corrupted implement employed to frighten me away with him do you think my dear that i shall not have reason to hate him and myself still more i hope his heart cannot be so deep and so vile a one i hope it cannot but how came it to pass that one man could get out at the garden door and no more how that that man kept aloof as it were 
and pursued us not nor ran back to alarm the house my fright and my distance would not let me be certain but really this man as i now recollect had the air of that vile joseph leman oh why why my dear friends but wherefore blame i them when i had argued myself into a hope not improbable that even the dreadful trial i was to undergo so soon might turn out better than if i had been directly carried away from the presence of my once indulgent parents who might possibly intend that trial to be the last i should have had would to heaven that i had stood it however then if i had afterwards done what now i have been prevailed upon or perhaps foolishly frightened to do i should not have been stung so much by inward reproach as now i am and this would have been a great evil avoided you know my dear that your clarissa's mind was ever above justifying her own failings by those of others god forgive those of my friends who have acted cruelly by me but their faults are their own and not excuses for mine and mine began early for i ought not to have corresponded with him oh the vile encroacher how my indignation at times rises at him thus to lead a young creature too much indeed relying upon her own strength from evil to evil this last evil although the remote yet sure consequence of my first my prohibited correspondence by a father early prohibited how much more properly had i acted with regard to that correspondence had i once for all when he was forbidden to visit me and i to receive his visits pleaded the authority by which i ought to have been bound and denied to write to him but i thought i could proceed or stop as i pleased i supposed it concerned me more than any other to be the arbitress of the quarrels of unruly spirits and now i find my presumption punished punished as other sins frequently are by itself as to this last rashness now that it is too late i plainly see how i ought to have conducted myself as he knew i had but one way of transmitting to him the knowledge of what befell me as he knew that my fate was upon a crisis with my friends and that i had in my letter to him reserved the liberty of revocation i should not have been solicitous whether he had got my letter or not when he had come and found i did not answer to his signal he would presently have resorted to the loose bricks and there been satisfied by the date of my letter that it was his own fault that he had it not before but governed by the same pragmatical motives which induced me to correspond with him at first i was again afraid truly with my foolish and busy prescience 
and the disappointment would have thrown him into the way of receiving fresh insults from the same persons which might have made him guilty of some violence to them and so to save him an apprehended rashness i rushed into a real one myself and what vexes me more is that it is plain to me now by all his behaviour that he had as great a confidence in my weakness as i had in my own strength and so in a point entirely relative to my honour he has triumphed for he has not been mistaken in me while i have in myself tell me my dear miss howe tell me truly if your unbiased heart does not despise me it must for your mind and mine were ever one and i despise myself and well i may for could the giddiest and most inconsiderate girl in england have done worse than i shall appear to have done in the eye of the world since my crime will be known without the provocations and without the artifices of the betrayer too while it will be a high aggravation that better things were expected from me than from many others you charge me to marry the first opportunity ah my dear another of the blessed effects of my folly that's as much in my power now as as i am myself and can i besides give a sanction immediately to his deluding arts can i avoid being angry with him for tricking me thus as i may say and as i have called it to him out of myself for compelling me to take a step so contrary to all my resolutions and assurances given to you a step so dreadfully inconvenient to myself so disgraceful and so grievous as it must be to my dear mother were i to be less regardful of any other of my family or friends you don't know nor can you imagine my dear how i am mortified how much i am sunk in my own opinion i that was proposed for an example truly to others oh that i were again in my father's house stealing down with a letter to you my heart beating with expectation of finding one from you this is the wednesday morning i dreaded so much that i once thought of it as the day of my doom but of the monday it is plain i ought to have been most apprehensive had i stayed and had the worst i dreaded happened my friends would then have been answerable for the consequences if any bad ones had followed but now i have only this consolation left me a very poor one you'll say that i have cleared them of blame and taken it all upon myself you will not wonder to see this narrative so dismally scrawled it is owing to different pens and ink all bad and written in snatches of time my hand trembling too with fatigue and grief i will not add to the length of it by the particulars of his behaviour to me 
and of our conversation at st albans and since because those will come in course in the continuation of my story which no doubt you will expect from me only thus much will i say that he is extremely respectful even obsequiously so at present though i am so much dissatisfied with him and myself that he has hitherto had no great cause to praise my complaisance to him indeed i can hardly at times bear the seducer in my sight the lodgings i am in are inconvenient i shall not stay in them so it signifies nothing to tell you how to direct to me hither and where my next may be as yet i know not he knows that i am writing to you and has offered to send my letter when finished by a servant of his but i thought i could not be too cautious as i am now situated in having a letter of this importance conveyed to you who knows what such a man may do so very wicked a contriver the contrivance if a contrivance to get me away so insolently mean but i hope it is not a contrivance neither yet be that as it will i must say that the best of him and of my prospects with him are bad and yet having enrolled myself among the too late repenters who shall pity me nevertheless i will dare to hope for a continued interest in your affections i shall be miserable indeed if i may not and to be remembered in your daily prayers for neither time nor accident shall ever make me cease to be your faithful and affectionate clarissa harlowe end of letter two